Sri Sukh Uvacha, Atra Sargo Visargas Cha, Stadam Polsanam Utaya, Manvantare Sanukata, Nirodo Muktir Ashraya, Ashraya, Sri Krishna. The sum total of it all. You don't need to repeat now unless you know what I'm going to say next. If you know in advance what I'm going to say, you can say it with me. You're taught us to repeat everything you say. There you go. It's going to be a long class. Ashraya, shelter. The shelter of all that is, is that supreme personality of Godhead. He's seen differently. Some see him as the total spiritual energy that pervades everything. Some see him as that personality that's in that total energy that pervades everything. They see personality everywhere. We see so much variety. So, Some see like that. And some see Bhagavan. A personality behind the total spiritual energy. We see that. We take that conception as the highest. Krishna to Bhagavan Swayam. Coming to the Western world, how do we say this? Krishna to Bhagavan Swayam. Bhaktivedanta Swami came to the Western world. And what did he repeat unlimitedly? Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. If there is any conception of the Supreme, if there is any conception, we take that conception that Krishna is the Supreme. All other manifestations of divinity, whether they be impersonal, whether they be personalized and expanded everywhere, or whether they be that embodiment of spiritual energy, we, as Gaudiya Vaishnavas, accept that all those manifestations of spiritual supremacy come from Krishna. All of them. All the different manifestations. Krishna is the source of them all. Of course, being the shelter of everything, he's the ashraya. And being the ashraya, everything that is presented in Srimad Bhagavatam is asrita, subordinate to him as the supreme shelter. Sukadev Goswami in this verse is outlining in this presentation of Srimad Bhagavatam there are ten main subjects. We should know what these ten subjects are. It's our main literature. Everything that we look at as far as, far as spiritual praman, evidence, resides in this text. It is considered the cream of all Vedic knowledge. So in this text, these ten subjects are presented. We need to know what they are. And we need to remember what they are. 
Knowing is one thing, remembering, that's another. So we need to learn a system of remembering. So I've come up with a system. It may not be perfect, but it works for me, and I'm going to share it with you. All right. Let's look at the, this verse, and let's look at what's in it. Sargo visargascha. Sargo. There is a first creation of the material manifestation. Coming out from Vishnu, through his pores and through his breathing, or through his breathing, or just his pores, or however you want to see the Bhagavat, speaking of Vishnu manifesting unlimited material universes, whether he's breathing them or they're coming out of his pores, they're coming from him. So he's the original creator, and that's the original creation. So all these universes are coming from him, and then these universes are like, according to Srimad Bhagavatam, little shells with different coverings. Earth, water, fire, air, ten times thicker than another. That's for another class. But within each of those little bubbles of material ingredients, Krishna gives his creative potency to a very perfect living entity, jiva. Gives his shakti to this jiva to create the manifestation within the shell. That jiva is called? And if there's no jiva that's qualified, who does it? Krishna does it himself. He becomes that Brahma. First creation. Creation one, coming from Vishnu. Creation two, coming from Brahma. What's Brahma do? Well, from him come all the progenitors and all the, all the personalities that are going to administrate what happens within a universe. Where do they come? Well, they come. We can read in the Bhagavatam, and that's what one of the subjects of the Bhagavatam is, how this happens. Shiva, Brahma gets a little overtaken by ignorance. Shiva pops out, comes out because of anger. Kumars come. Yeah, we're not going to... I got another story I got to tell today, but yes. Yes. They are all these different mini-creators come from, from Brahma and the whole different 14 divisions of planetary systems. There is a lot of information in Bhagavatam about all this. So, subject one, it's all coming from Karnadakshai Vishnu, secondary creator, Lord Brahma. So we have two creations. Well, we got two of ten. We only got to remember eight. Oh, wait, we had Krishna at the beginning. Wait, there's only seven left. First creation, second creation, and what does the jiva soul do when he's in a universe? He creates. He has a propensity to create. In the verse, that word is uti, the urge for creation, initiative power, sex drive in some instances. But actually, if you look at the affairs, at least of humanity, human form of life within a universe, 
we see that we have this creative urge coming out in, well, actually four main categories. Artha, Dharma, Kama, Moksha. We want to enjoy, and into, in order to enjoy, we have to accumulate. We engage in some activity for accumulation. Artha, Dharma, we want to advance so that we can enjoy more, so we follow scriptural direction, and we call that Dharma, and that Dharma manifests differently according to different ages, according to different societies of men, according to different times. Artha, Dharma, Kama, we have the senses, we want to enjoy the senses, calm, lust. What do we lust after? What do we not lust after? <laughs> Artha, Dharma, Karma, and ultimately want, we want we want out of this place. We get fed up with it. We've done it all. We had all the karma we could wherever we could find it, and it just didn't do it for us. Well, okay. Let me not get involved in that because every time I try to enjoy lustfully, even if I follow Dharma, even if I accumulate in order to enjoy Artha, some endeavor, it doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't work out. Well, maybe I should try something else. Let me negate all this stuff because every time I try to enjoy, I get my hand caught in the cookie jar and I can't get it out. Karma grabs me. I could be in an elephant's body and it could grab me when I'm out enjoying with all my elephant wives. We had a story about that a little while back. But somehow, we say enough with this and we want liberation from the pains and arrows of outrageous fortune that befall us so we engage in a process and we strive for liberation. Vishnu manifests universe, Brahma within a universe fills it up with living entities and fills it up with an administration to make sure those living entities don't get in too much trouble. And then we are placed in the universe and we are trying to create our good fortune in different ways. Three creations. So we have Krishna and three creations. Well, we know four of the items now. First creation, second creation, then we create. And within a universe, what is there within a universe that is the factor that carries us from one creation to the next? Within a universe, there's time. So the time factor. In this verse, that is referred to as manvantara. Manvantaras are, are manus, and they're in charge of human activity for an extended period of time. Within one day of Brahma, there are 14 of those. And during each of the reigns, they're like a king. During each of their reigns, there is an administration of demigods working with them. Sometimes the demigods like Indra's 
well, he says he's about everybody. So. <laughs> anyway. Manvantara, so time. Three creations in time. On the material end, there's one other thing. For everything that begins, what happens? And in this verse, that's referred to as Naroda. I'm looking at this from a material viewpoint. From a material viewpoint, we have creation, 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 within time, and then it's all round up. So, five items are covered, plus Krishna. We got four more to remember. It's pretty easy to remember the first five, right? Creation, 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 creation of Vishnu, creation of Brahma, and the creation we make within time, and then all those come to an end. Five items of the Srimad Bhagavatam are covered. Now, if you remember at the end of Bhagavad Gita, Sarvadharma, give up all varieties of religion, and what? Just surrender unto me. In that verse, Bhaktivedanta Swami, in his purport, quotes another verse. Regarding what? How to surrender. Saranagati. Two of the spiritual items of surrender are two of the subjects of Srimad Bhagavatam. That being, one, we accept as an anga of our devotional service, of our surrender, that aspect of devotion, that Krishna is providing for us. So within the Srimad Bhagavatam, that's one of the items, that the Supreme is providing for every living entity that's within a universe. But I'm trying to, I've tried to make a formula that's easy to remember the ten items. So I'm looking at, looking at it that way, that one of, the, uh, one of the items of surrender is Krishna is my maintainer. And what else is he doing specifically for his devotee? He's protecting them. Also one of those items of surrender that I accept Krishna as my protector. So we have two spiritual aspects there. Well, actually three, but Krishna's still there. So we have the Esraya, we have Krishna's maintaining me, and for his devotees, he looks out for them specifically. Close enough. Special care and protection for the devotees of the Lord. What are we engaged in right now? Ah, do you see that word anywhere in all these little jumble of letters? If we look at the end of the third line, what word's there? Kata. Isanu Kata. Spiritual information about the Supreme Lord. Within Srimad Bhagavatam, the method of deliverance is Krishna Katha. He's maintaining, he's protecting, he's coming here and he's displaying pastimes, and we repeat those pastimes again and again and again, and in doing that, we become spiritual. Maintaining, protecting, performing pastimes, which, are, which we take advantage of through katha. And the ultimate goal of that surrender and katha 
is an end of material miseries. Now, the word here is mukti. <laughs> loving service to the Lord in Vaikuntha or Krishna Loka. Or mukti, there's also a class of spiritualists that don't see Bhagavan Sri Krishna. They see Brahman. And they strive for mukti. We're so darn in love with Krishna coming in the mood of Lord Chaitanya that mukti, bukti, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's a, Krishna, Lord Chaitanya as a devotee has said, you know, nadanam, nadanam, nashunduran, kavitram va jagadish kamaye. Mama janmani, janmani, soare. I don't really care. Liberate me or not. Doesn't matter. But in coming to that platform of not caring if you're liberated or not, guess what? You're already there. If you come to that platform, you're already liberated. That's our program. For the devotee, what's higher than liberation? The fact that they have a loving, reciprocal relationship with the Supreme that is so intense, so all-encompassing, that they don't really care about mukti. They don't care. It doesn't matter to them. But guess what? He's carrying a tray. Wherever she walks, he's walking behind. We saw a movie as good as it gets. I don't know if everybody, anybody saw it. I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> but at one point in the movie, the girl, she's in a restaurant. She's never been in a fancy restaurant like this. And the waiter's there, and she was, she's at the bar, and she's drinking a drink, and then her, her date comes in, and she gets up from the bar, and the waiter immediately puts her drink on a tray and follows her. And she's looking, what the heck's going on? What's he doing? She says, oh, this is pretty cool. And she walks over here, and he walks over there. He walks over there, and she walks over there. He walks over there, and here and there. And she's like, wow, this is cool. Starts prancing around the whole place. You'd have to be there. Guess what? For Krishna's devotees, mukti is just like that. Running behind the devotee, please, how can I serve? Ten subjects. Let's look at it. Five. Creation. Three creations within a framework of time. And then wrapping up. Then, let's look at five spiritual subjects. Now, they're all spiritual material. It's all a mixture within Srimad Bhagavatam. But it's a way that I want you to remember these ten subjects. This is our main core text. We need to know what's, what it's about. It's not, it's ten things. We can remember ten things. <laughs> Can't we? Maybe. We can try. You have five fingers, right? <laughs> First, creation, 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 within time, wrapping it up. Providing for me, Krishna is. Protecting me, 
Krishna is coming here to attract me. Krishna is. I'm talking about him coming. Katha. Lila. And what? And Mukti's chasing us around saying, Oh, you know about Krishna? Well, what are you doing here? Let me help you to where you could be with Krishna all the time. Well, I am with Krishna all the time. But that's for another class. <laughs> Maintaining, protecting, Leela, liberation. Five, five, four, all under the umbrella of Krishna. Ten subject matters. Everybody know the ten subject matters of Srimad Bhagavatam? Yes. Okay. You'll be asking the Prashadam line what they are. <laughs> we were talking about Ritrasura. Quite a pastime, wasn't it? Maharaj Parikshit had heard the narration. He's like, what's going on here? It is so rare that someone is a devotee of Krishna within a material universe. How could a demon be that devoted to the Supreme Personality of Godhead? I don't understand how that's possible. Sukadeva Goswami has explained the life of Vritrasura. And Maharaj Parikshit's like, a demon fighting with Indra is, a more, is more devoted to the Supreme Lord than Indra? How is that possible? How did he get that, what do we call it, Sukriti? How did, he, how did that happen? How did he come to the platform where he was that devoted to the Supreme that he's begging, Indra, will you please pick up the thunderbolt and get me out of here? Come on. You have the power. Dadachi's, you have the power to, to end this. You are destined to win. The Brahmins have blessed you. And they've given you the weapon and they've empowered the weapon. And, and you... I just don't understand. Will you finish it up? Indra finished it up. And he, and he killed Ritrasur. Maharaj Parikshit's there. How could, a man, how could somebody in a demon's body be that Krishna conscious? I just don't understand. He goes, Sukadev Goswami, how is, this, how is this possible? In inquiring of Sukadev Goswami, Maharaj Parikshit chants a verse and I'm going to tell you that verse and most of you have probably heard it have been around for a while Muktanam Api Siddhanam Narayana Parayana Sadurlaba Prasatma Koti Swapi Mahamuni Muktanam Api Siddhanam Narayana Parayana. I know. Maharaj Parikshit is not. I mean, he, he's, he's a very, very well versed 
knowledgeable person. And in this verse, he's asking his spiritual master, the rarity of devotional service is such that someone, Narayana Parayana, somebody that is that devoted to the Supreme Lord is rare beyond imagination. O oh, great sage, greater than those who are Jivan Mukti, the Jivas who are liberated, and greater than those who attain liberation is the devotee of Lord Narayan. Such a devotee who is in Santa or other Rasas, and this is the translation in English of Vish, from Vishwanath's commentary on Srimad Bhagavatam, is very rare even among 10 million people. Krishna mentioned this actually when he was speaking to Arjuna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. Any scholars of Bhagavad Gita? Out of what? Perfect, thank you. How rare it is. Sometimes Prabhupada doesn't even know this. And that's that's what's used here. Sadurlaba. Uh, Sadurlaba. Very rare. Very, 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 very rare. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. Come on, devotee. And guess what? Here we are in the most fallen age of a mankind in the middle of a day of Brahma. And this rarity is being what? It's being thrown in the streets. Lord Chaitanya is here. Take this, please. Take this. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Take it. How rare is this opportunity? And what do we have to do? Hardly anything at all. We just gather together and hear these narrations and chant the Lord's name and accept some good direction, take some initiation, be given what? A sadhikadeya. Be given an opportunity to engage in devotional service. Freely distributed. Namo Mahabharanaya. Krishna. This is Lord Chaitanya's dispensation. So simple, so easy, so extremely rare. Sukadev Goswami said, Well, let me tell you, there's a little backstory <laughs> with Ritrasura. There was once a king of Surasena. His name was Chitraketu. And he was he was well situated. He was a king. He had good ministers. He had good, good Brahmins around him. He had everything a king could possibly desire in his life. It was like an ideal kingdom. He was providing for the citizens. They were happy with him. He was happy with them. Everything was going right in his life. Except one little thing. 
somehow or other providence in his life was such that he couldn't get offspring. Took one wife. That didn't work. Another and another and another and another. You know how many it says he took? Seems <laughs> impossible. But other may age of mankind, where people live for tens of thousands of years, not maybe a hundred if we're lucky. Ten million wives. And of ten million wives, <laughs> all of them are barren. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's the chance of that? <laughs> it was him. Never <laughs> heard. <laughs> That's not what the Bhagavatam says. After the first five, wouldn't he suspect maybe himself? <laughs> the Srimad Bhagavatam says <laughs> it was them. Because, because of him. <laughs> for whatever reason, let us move on. I'm not going to argue with the women here. I would definitely lose. But we'll let the Bhagavatam do the arguing. Ten million wives and every one of them was barren. Everything else in his kingdom was fine. And he's like worried. Oh my. You know? Because... Within the tradition of the Vedas, there is a lot of emphasis given in Varnashram Dharma that if I mess up in my life, which probably I'm going to do, I can depend on my offspring to cover me. If I have good offspring, they're going to perform sacrifices when I'm dead and gone for me and for my ancestors. And they're going to relieve me from any hellish condition that I got myself into. <laughs> so, this was a standard thing. What's the name of it? Uh, I forget. Parischitta. Parischitta, yes. I think that's it. So they perform these sacrifices. The heirs, the children... They would perform these for their father and their the ancestors, grandfather, great grandfather, going back. How many generations it was it was uh, effective for? I, I I'm not really sure. Some amount. Some amount. I don't know if it, that's the right in this context. But anyway, yes. You could say it's he's like it's a selfish desire on his part. It's like I can't have kids, ten million wives, none of them can do it. <laughs> And, and, and what's going to happen if I screw up in this life? I'm going to have to suffer because my child is not going to get me out of hell by performing a sacrifice that's going to relieve me from the sinful reactions of my activities and my father's activities and my great-grandfather's activities. Great, great. This is the way he's thinking. Along comes a sage. Isn't it amazing how in Bhagavatam along comes a sage is again and again and again? <laughs> along comes a sage. Angira Muni. Angira comes and he, oh, how's it going? How, how, how's, how's your kingdom? 
How's your life? How's your ministers? How's your wives? How's, how's everything? Eh, you know, when a guest comes, it's not like you want to pour your halibut. You don't want to put your heart on your sleeve and say, well, you know. But Angira, he's a sage, and he can read the king's face, and he sees in his face, so it's like there's no color in the guy's face. It's like something's wrong. What's wrong? Well, you know, I got 10 million of these women, and not one of them can give me an offspring. Oh, okay. Guess what? I'm a sage. I got my fire sacrifices. <laughs> I got my wood. I got my mantras. I can do something for you. So he performs a sacrifice. To whom? Twasta. You've heard that before. Yeah. What about that? Mm. He performs a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to Twasta. It's called a Twastri sacrifice. T-V-A-S-T-R. And in performing this sacrifice, he does his ritual and he they offer some some uh, sweet rice and they they infuse the sweet rice with the mantras and the sweet rice was given to the king's youngest first wife and her name was Kridadyuti she gets the sweet rice she takes it after it's been infused with the potency of Twasta if you remember Twasta last Thing. He was like involved with Ritrasura. I'm not going to go back, otherwise I'll be going not going forward. But twas the sacrifice. That's how we got here in the first place because we were t what Sukadev Goswami was narrating. You know the lineages because we were talking about what Manvantaras in the Bhagavatam, one of the subjects. So in talking of the lineages of mankind, the offs the uh, offspring of uh, Kashyapa and Aditi, because Twasta was a province. So anyway, the, that limit, lineage is there. And in, in describing the lineage, Sukadev, when he, when he mentions Twasta, Vritrasura immediately comes into his mind. Vritrasura became, he was a pure devotee. So rare. Let me tell you about him. So that's, you know, when, 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 when the gurus are coming, when these sadhus are coming and narrating things, you'll see things will come up. And they'll think they're in their significance and they'll relate to us the pastimes which give us some spiritual guideline that we can take into our life. So that we, without going through the trouble of having 10 million wives, can learn it, can learn the lesson. She takes the sweet rice. Guess what? She becomes pregnant. And the pregnancy grows, and then the child is born. And the king is overjoyed. He's giving away things you can't even imagine. If you read in the Bhagavatam, you know, millions of cows and, and gold and giving the Brahmins new wives. I mean, he's just, whatever you want, take it. I got a son. I'm set now. Any mistakes I make in life, I know that the sacrifices will be done by my son. But the sage said, I'm going to give you this son. But guess what? And he, he tells the king, this son is going to give you great pleasure. 
And he's also <laughs> going to give you great lamentation. So the verse, the Sanskrit words are Harsha, Shoka. Thereafter the great sage told the king, O great king, now you will have a son who will be the cause of both jubilation and lamentation. The sage then left and Giramuni left after he'd done the sacrifice. The king's like, that's okay. No problem. I got no problem with this. I really wanted this son. And I realize he's going to be the only son and I'm a rich king and you know, I got all this opulence, so yeah, he's going to be a little hard to control. He's going to, you know, he's going to be a little... He, he thought that was the extent of it. He would give great joy to me because he's a great, you know, be my offspring. And yeah, there'll be some lamentation. Why? Well, probably. It only makes sense. He's going to be really hard to handle. He's going to be so full of himself because he's the only king's son and I got a great kingdom here. So... That's what. That's the way Chitraketu was thinking. Of course, that's not what Angira was thinking. He set him up. Set him up all the way, <laughs> and guess what? Guess what those other wives did? The other wives of Chitraketu became so envious of the first wife Krita Yuti, because the king's like, wow, you gave me a son. What do you want? You could have it all. And the other wives are like, my gosh, he doesn't even look at me anymore. I might as well be a maidservant. Why did she get the glory? Why did she get to drink the sweet rice? Why did she get to have the son? Why didn't I get to have the son? They, they became extremely envious and they became so envious and so overwhelmed in their envy that they poisoned that one son and he died. That was nothing to do with the son being a little bit puffed up, being the only king. The, the soka, the lamentation was, your son's going to die. Really young. Yeah, very young. Very young. Well, he had a These are sages. There's yeah. always something he had a going on. Purpose. He, had a yeah. Yeah. he wasn't just being. There is an extremely long narration in this portion of the Bhagavatam. Again, we're talking about the sixth canto. We're talking about a canto that primarily deals with Vritrasura. We're talking about four chapters after the Vritrasura past times about the life of Chitraketu. Knowledge spreads throughout the land the son of the king is dead. It spreads and and Gira says well when I first went to Chitraketu I had a desire to give him spiritual knowledge. He was so bent on getting a son, I knew there was no way I could give him spiritual direction that he needed in life. He came back with Narada Muni, and he tried. And at that point, there was a teachable moment. The son, just like Arjuna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, 
at, at points like this in your life where everything's gone against you, you tend to look inward. Why did this happen to me? What's going on? In that circumstance, both Angira and Narda uh, proceeded to instruct the king in spiritual life. And very great instructions in this part of the Bhagavatam. I encourage everybody to read them, the discourse there. As I said when we started these classes on Bhagavatam, I'm going to be giving you like little, little synopsis of areas of the Bhagavatam in, a, in, in the hope of spiking your interest so that you will dive deeper into these narrations and take full advantage of them. Oh, I like that story. Dulal said this story about him. Let me go read that. So if you do that, then my job will be well done. They came, the dead son's there. One thing that happened that was pretty far out is, you know, it's hard to bring a dead child back to life. Well, Narda made it look like he brought the child back to life so the child could give instruction. The child was already dead and gone. It was actually Narda talking through the body of the dead child. So he used the body of the dead child as a puppet. So he spoke, he spoke to the king and to everybody assembled through, through the dead child, gave spiritual instruction. You know, you're not this body, don't be attached. All these things that we've heard in Bhagavad Gita, these same things are repeated here again in different ways to, to bring us into a, a spiritual understanding, which is the part of Bhagavatam which is so important. Uh, at that point, there's a couple things. Angira and Narda bring out one thing, and here again, I'm just sharing selective verses. One of the verses is, and this is spoken by Angira and Narda, as small particles of sand come together and are separated by the force of the waves. The jivas come together and are separated by the force of time. Imagine a beach. Imagine waves coming in and two pieces of sand coming together. The waves come in and they're separated. What's the chances of those coming back together again? So that's what material life is like for the jiva soul. We, we, we come together, we form the attachments with our wives, with our children, with our families, with our communities, with our nations, with our world. And time obliterates those in due course of time. A little bit of encouragement there. We hear that families stay together for maybe a few verse. A little bit. Maybe. Sometimes. Depends on their crimes. This isn't work it out. Huh? He asked if this is encouragement. <laughs> I guess it depends on the situation. Right. <laughs> Thing, that's why you had We're not going to go there now, okay? <laughs> Let me finish up. I've already been 40 over. <laughs> yeah, that's All right. That's Another verse. Discussion, uh, personally. <laughs> Another verse. Question when you're ready. <laughs> we'll get to questions. Okay. And Angira speaks to Chitraketu at that time. He says, I would have given you spiritual knowledge when I first came to your house. 
but I gave you a son, knowing that you were absorbed in material objects. So Angira admitted, yes, I cheated you. Don't think the guru may not do something to get you, push you along in your spiritual progress. Then what happens? Angira Muni had brought Narada with him, and Narada initiated Chitra Ketu. And he gave him a mantra. You want to hear the mantra? Om Namas to Biyam Bhagavate Vasudevaya Dimahi. What's Dimahi indicate when we hear it in a verse? Om Namas Tubyam Bhagavate Vasudevaya Dimahi Pradyumnai Yanirudaya Nama Sankar Sanaya Chat Vasudev Pradyumna No Vasudev Sankarshan Pradyumna Anirudaya and there's a whole series of verses there which were his mantra. It wasn't like just one verse. Verses. Yeah, I know. I tried. I wrote it down, but it's not so easy. Yeah. Just channel it again. So. I thought, wow, he got perfection in seven days. <laughs> Who's seven days? <laughs> yeah, right. What planetary system was he on to have 10 million wives? Anyway, just something to consider, but I understand what you're yeah, going through. So he chanted this for seven days and this, these few verses. The uh, translation uh, to this first verse of his Gayatri Mantra is, we offer respectful obeisances unto Vasudeva, Rajumna, Aniruddha, and Sankarshan to the Lord who is endowed with Chit Shakti, who has a form of the highest bliss, who delights in himself, who is full of peace, and who is not attached to the material world. If you want to know his whole Gayatri, you can go to the 16th chapter of the 6th canto, and the Gayatri begins with text 18 and goes through text 25. Beginning Om Namas, namas to Byam Bhagavate Vasudevaya Dimahi. Chitraketu, I mean, he just lost his son. It was like, yeah, I'm done with this material life. I'm going to chant this mantra. He chanted it religiously, attentively, and within seven days, according to Srimad Bhagavatam, he became perfect. Wow. <laughs> right now. Uh, seven days. Became perfect. So perfect, what happened? The Supreme Lord came to him. It can happen. One of these seven days you are going to become perfect either Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. You will become perfect too. He became perfect. When the Supreme Lord came to Chitraketu, Chitraketu chanted this, spoke this verse, O Lord, nothing is impossible for you. Just from seeing you, all my sins have been destroyed. And then there's a little, little interesting thing here. By hearing, this is Chitra Ketu speaking to the Supreme Lord. By hearing one of your names once, one of your names once, even the outcast is delivered 
from the material world. So what to speak of me, I chanted for seven days my Gayatri mantra, your names, so many of your names, day in and day out, and here you are before me. So it's not amazing that you came to me from me chanting the mantra that Narada gave me. It's not amazing because even the lowest of mankind, if they once chant just one of your names, they're delivered from the material world. That kind of chanting is called what? Nama Bas. Import pure chanting. That gives you liberation. We'll go into this, how powerful the holy name is. And they're, they're, oh, well, that's a whole other class. I wanted to share one purport with you from Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's commentary, Tika, on Srimad Bhagavatam, on this area of the Bhagavatam. The reason I want to share it with you is it's, it's come up very, uh, very much of late in some discourse online, so my mind's very much into it, and those that are following the online discourse regarding <laughs> nurture and nature, and when the surup shakti, whether we have some, whether it's inherent is in us, or if it's coming, if coming from Bhakti Devi. Vishwanath in this port war kind of makes it clear, at least he did to me. The verse Vishwanath's translation of this verse, and this is from Lord Shankarshan, is talking to Chitraketu. A person who forgets that my swarup is different from the jiva continues in samsara, taking body after body, death after death. How important is Sambandha Gyan? It's this important. We need to know these inner relationships. Very important to understand even these high things. If you think Krishna is the same as yourself, hard time making spiritual progress. <laughs> He's God and you're little teeny itsy bitsy jiva soul shakti, tatasta shakti. This is Vishwanath's Tika, not the whole thing. Uh, I'll just give you, I just took some of it, but it's still kind of long. Pay close attention. To think that the Brahman and Jiva are one is an offense and the cause of obstacles. To think that Brahman and the Jiva, when we speak of Brahman, what are we speaking of? Brahmati, Paramatmati, Bhagavatmati, Sabjite, Supreme Understanding of what is God. That is expressed in this verse. My Swarup, this is Vishwanath, this is just the way he does it. He always talks for, on Krishna's behalf in his tika. My Swarup, Madhbhavam, is different from the Jiva, Atmanaha. If the Jiva forgets this and thinks he is identical with me, then because of this, such a person will end up in samsara. The permanent objects, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan, however, are one because they are of one swarup. The permanent objects, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan, however, are one because they are my swarup. Yeah. My form is consisted 
and looked at. And this is from also in Srimad Bhagavatam, where we started the class, Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam. Some people look on this supreme substance as Brahman, some as Paramatma, some as Bhagavan. They are all the same. Different angles of vision. Because the forms of the associates of Bhagavan arise from the actions of the Chit Shakti, the Lord Swarup, those associates who are Nichasiddha are also permanent objects, which are the Lord Swarup. Can you explain those terms for some of the new... Yeah, this is going to be pretty thick. I could be here a long time. Basically, there are living entities who are not jivas. They are with Krishna all the time in the spiritual realm. And they are they their manifestations are consistent of the Lord's internal potency. They're not tatasta. They're not marginal. They are fully spiritual associates of the Lord. They, their manifestations, they're called nichasiddhas. Let me read, I think I'll answer your question if we go to the end of the forecourt. And some jivas with desires for dasha and other relationships who have perfected themselves by pure bhakti and by mercy of nitya mukta bhaktas are included among the eternal associates as dasas. So you can also become an eternal associate. Even though you're a jiva, the Lord's internal potency will overtake you and give you facility to serve him just as those living entities who are fully spiritual and his eternal associates. There's a little distinction. You're a das. Das, das, anu das. You can't take that away. But... Truly, in the spiritual realm, when you attain perfection in service to the Supreme Lord, there you will not. There is, there's really indistinguishable between whether you were jiva and came to the supreme, the, the spiritual realm and served there, or if you are nichasiddha. But still, there everyone knows. But it doesn't affect anything. I, this is heady stuff, I'm sorry. It's esoteric. But I have some people here that like esoteric too. All right. And we'll learn all this in due course of time. So if it's above your head now, don't worry about it. It'll come. And keep chanting. The more you chant, the more this you enter into this knowledge. You have to chant. You have to, you have to enter into it, all this knowledge, through the holy name by the dispensation of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Nichasiddhas are always, always have been? Nichasiddhas, yes. Like, yes. There's no beginning to that. No, no beginning. No. bhaktas are included as eternal associates as dasas. They are also considered to be non-different from the sarup of the Lord since they are empowered by the sarup shakti. Kind of answers it for me. Since they are empowered by the sarup shakti, those that are following the dialogue will get the meaning. Those jivas who have perfected themselves by mixed bhakti become santa bhaktas and are not empowered by the Lord Swarup Shakti. I'm not going to go deep into this. Those that understand the terms will know what we're speaking of. Uh, since they are not included among the dasas and other associates. 
They are also eternal objects, but not part of the Lord's swarup. Thus, there is non-difference from the Lord because of the many shaktis of the Lord. Incidentally, the Vaishnav conclusions have been stated. Heady stuff that Vishwanath is giving us some entrance into an understanding of Krishna's different shaktis. This constitutes what for us? Sambandha Gyan. Sambandha Abhideya Prayojana. The inner relationships of things. This knowledge is important. As I said, if it seems above your level of comprehension, your intellect can't be wrapped around it, don't worry. But chant. Chant and be happy. <laughs> yes. And then, a decade from now, all this would just be like crystal clear. All right. So how did Chitra Ketu? After he became, he got his mantra, he became purified, the Supreme Lord personally gave him his darshan. How did he become Vitrasura? What the heck happened? How's that possible? Well, we'll end up with a little story here. Chitra Ketu's in the heavenly planets now. He's, in, he's, he's, he's no longer the king of men. He is the king of the Vidyadharas in the heavenly planets. What's Vidya? Knowledge. He's king of the people who have knowledge in the heavenly planets. So he's enjoying in the heavenly planets. That was the material side of the spiritual potencies that were provided to him in his mantra. We're not going to go deep into the fact that the spiritual master is giving a mantra. He, he fulfills all desires. So he's in the heavenly planets and he's flying around on his airplane and he's enjoying himself. And he's, he's actually come to this platform of Prem Bhakti. He's, he's that pure. And he happens across Lord Shiva and his cons and her his consort Parvati. Lord Shiva's sitting there, and he's sitting there, and Parvati's sitting on his lap. And he's surrounded by Narada Muni and all these great sages. And Chitraketu flies along and he's like, he just looks at him and he just starts laughing. Look at you, you're sitting here like a, a man who's in lust for his wife. She's sitting on your lap and you, what is this? And he's laughing and he's making it a joke. Now it's an inside joke because he's not really pointing out a fault in Lord Shiva. He's pointing out an ornament. What's the ornament? That Lord Shiva is so much above the material energy he can sit naked with his wife in front of sages and not be affected materially in any way, shape, or form. So Chitraketa is laughing about that. Most people would never understand this, that you're this spiritually powerful that you can do this. No one can do this in the material world, but somebody as spiritually advanced as your good self. Yeah, well, guess what? Parvati didn't see it that way. <coughs> she didn't see it that way. 
she cursed him. What was the result of the curse? Anybody venture a guess? <laughs> Chitraketu was cursed by Parvati. Oh, envious fool, dear son. Wait, seems like it's a little strange. She's cursing him, but like a son, she's cursing him. That's how powerful she is to see everybody as her extended family and to see his spiritual qualifications. Oh, envious fool, dear son, take birth immediately in a sinful family of demons so that you will not commit such an offense again toward exalted persons in this world. Something inspired her to curse Chitraketu. <laughs> no, that's not it. This whole pastime is because Krishna was becoming anxious to bring Chitraketa to him. This whole pastime. Chitraketu losing the son, Chitraketu being cursed, Chitraketu becoming Ritrasura. Chitraketu being killed by Indra, all because it started with Parvati, what started with Akhagira, it was all because Krishna wanted him back. Enough of this material life for you, you come to me. How can I effectuate that? In normal conditions, Parvati would probably she, she was inspired by the Supreme. And because of that inspiration, born of the desire of the Supreme Lord to have his devotee with him, this whole pastime was enacted. So you've heard a wonderful pastime. Thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam has a benediction for you for listening to this pastime. If one hears this pious history of Chitraketu, a great devotee from the devotees, one is freed from the bondage of material existence. One who, rising from bed early in the morning and after remembering the Supreme Lord, recites with faith this history of Chitraketu, while controlling his words and mind, will attain the spiritual world. Thank you very much.